disastrous event in 2019 and 2020 leaves the world devastated, with only a small pocket of human survivors scratching out a living in a bleak, irradiated world. The world of Darkwind. Hello everyone, my name is Tass, Masterpiece of the Thug Matrix. This is Jimmy Logan, leader of the Mad Hat Gang. This is Parasyko, and I'm the leader of Legends of the Interstate. This is JD, and I'm the voice of Dark. You want to go? You want to lead the discussion on the uh, on the new chassis? Well, you know, I don't think I'm really qualified for the new chassis, considering I don't own any of them. <laughs> the newer chassis are uh, include the Osprey, the Flail, the Pike, and the Torin. But um, but since we have relatively no experience with them, uh, it's just at least worth mentioning that the new chassis have been introduced. Yeah, I, I think the Pike is a uh, a variation of the Barracuda. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does look like a Barracuda. Yeah. Actually, I thought it looked like a Ford Torino or a GTO Goat. Well, those are all those were all cars around the same time, so I can see what that would be. Most of the new chassis came in just as the new skins were being added. So, you know, I think they, they coincided together. And in fact, some of the new skins, you know, that's next up on the agenda, but I, it needs to be mentioned with the new chassis. They came in with the new chassis, and all they did was just <laughs> help out the game immensely. For some people, that's been a, 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 little, a little challenge. But, um, but today, I, I just want to briefly go through how to go about creating or editing your own skin. And I could recommend some programs as well. Well, I, I've tried and I've used Photoshop myself. I haven't uploaded any of my own skins. I'm just I'm just a, a newbie on Photoshop. But anything anything that can edit uh, any kind of a, a a photo or picture or anything like that can be used to edit their skins. The trick is knowing what files you want to go ahead and edit because you don't want to create your own skin from scratch. You just want to edit a skin that's already created, maybe change the color, add some decals or something like that. The default path for, for editing those um, those files is under Program Files, Dark Wind, Dark Wind, Data, Shapes, and Vehicles. And then you'll see a bunch of different folders with different car types. And if you go inside any of those car types, you'll see the, sk- the different skins that are available. Those skins are in JPEG format, so like um, uh, like we mentioned previously, you can use those uh, image editing programs to open it up and then change it and get any fancy colors or rainbow colors or anything you want to put on your big pickup or your or your flash. That's how you edit the uh, the skins, and then you go ahead and you upload them onto your main gang page. Pretty cut and dry. You do have to go to your gang page, look under vehicles, and it'll it'll look on the right hand side of that page. Right, in fact, it's right underneath your uh, your logos. Uh, you can upload your own logos, and and it's right underneath that. And it'll it'll it's pretty self explanatory as to how you can upload your own skins. Now. Uh also, something else that's new. I mean, you gotta love the community, man. I mean, you got you got Marcos doing the wiki, mm-hmm. and then um, and then you have uh, I believe Marcos also did the the Darkwing clothing line. <laughs> but, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, and that's commendable. But you gotta also love what Alocalypse created. 
uh, the car calculator uh, where you can pretty much see how much a car can take uh, in the in the shop you can use this car calculator to calculate and um, and I think it's a great utility uh, for dark one you know I'll keep my dry needs to myself when I agree with the localypse but you know I gotta say the man knows his stuff when he when he starts programming up these the car calculator you know like you said you can you can check out any car in Darkwind to find out how much armor it can take. What it, it you know, you can't race it. You can't see it, but you can see the armor, the weapon spaces. You can add any weapon you want to it just to find out uh, if this if this is a car you'd like to buy. And it's it's like it's like Christmas. It's like opening up your Christmas present before you see it. Yeah, this is what I want. <laughs> but JD, you gotta admit though, when you look at all, when you go to the car calculator and you see all those chassis, it is a little bit of a mirage, or you get the little the feeling that you're looking at something that that you really can't have. I mean, because he has every chassis. I mean, he has the squad car, he has the the DeLorean. I mean, there's some view, the ambulance. I mean, I would murder for an ambulance. I've already <laughs> murdered, but I really, really want an ambulance, dude. And I mean, being able to see it in the car calculator gives you a weird feeling. Yeah, it, it, the car calculator, like I said, it's like Christmas. It, you, all of the cars are available in Darkwind. It's just finding them and achieving your goal of owning one. Now, speaking of goals, I can recall maybe about six or seven months ago uh, when I first discovered Darkwind, I saw a, a, a interview of Sam, and they were talking about um, you know some things that he had coming down the pipes, and he said the next big thing that he was planning on uh, releasing or implementing into the game was pedestrians, and I must say. It's been a hell of an. It's been a great experience. The pedestrians are awesome, and uh, Paracycle, you'll kick us off with the uh, pedestrian talk. Yeah, uh, I had this all planned out, but then something happened, and <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna wing it. But yeah, pedestrians are actually a relatively, relatively new thing in the game. Um, they've been around for a few months, and basically, um, what what. It, that part of the game is is that your characters can now get out of the car and walk around in the in the game world. They can run around and they can shoot at other cars and uh, be shot at, <laughs> which is something they're very good at. Yeah, um, they're good at getting run over too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to point out that they at least have to have uh, weapons on them. Yes, uh, you do have to uh, arm your pedestrians, and that, and I think that adds another, another level to the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, figuring out which equipment your characters work best with. There are a couple different weapons that are available in the game right now, um, and there are some that are sort of in the pipeline, in the works. So, first of all, you have the the pistol. It's a uh, it's a just a small one-handed, uh, you know, handgun. And uh, is, it, is it safe to say, Paracycle, that uh, having a pistol in Darkwind is equivalent to throwing a a, a balled-up piece of uh, notebook paper at a 
vehicle or person? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm kind of hoping that maybe in the future Sam will add a specialism or something which will let someone use two pistols at the same time. I think uh, that would make them a little more viable. But Kimbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't really used pistols that much just because they're kind of... <laughs> Powered a little bit. Well, well, like in real life, I mean, if you're going to shoot a pistol at a car, like especially like the windshield, a 38 will just bounce off the windshield. It'll crack it, but it'll just bounce off the windshield. You know, it's not going to do a whole lot of damage to the car itself. But right. a 38, a 38 will tear through a body. Right, and the only, I would say the the only damage I could find in the pistol is that um, it only uses one bulk. For your character can hold up to, I believe, six bulk. Yeah. And so with the pistol, you can have, you know, a pistol and five clips of ammunition, which, you know, I, I still don't think it's as good as the other weapons. Um, so the other weapons that are in the game, uh, there's the shotgun, which is it's really good at short range, but at longer ranges, it kind of loses its accuracy. <laughs> Like um, real life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that, that one's pretty good. It's good good in close combat. Um, definitely in the, the arena, the pet arenas that are kind of new. See, next you have the rifle, which I think is the best all-around weapon if you're going to be using pedestrians in the wilderness. Because it, it, it does okay damage and, uh, you know, relative to the other pedestrian weapons... But then it also has a really good range. Like um, I've I've hit cars and things at 40 or 50 meters with it. So the last weapon is the crossbow, which is relatively new. Um, and that one that one's really good at pedestrian to pedestrian combat. Uh, you can usually kill a character with you can kill another pedestrian usually with one hit with a crossbow. Right. I've heard uh, one of our other members in Darkwind has been using it as a sniping weapon. Get on top of a hill, and he'll take them out at 100 meters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really good for that. And, like, um, with the bullet weapons, you tend to get more concussion hits with towards pedestrians. But with the, uh, the crossbow is one of the few pedestrian weapons that actually causes, you know, massive injuries. Penetration damage. Yeah, uh, I've gotten a few. <laughs> I've gotten a few hits with the crossbow where it's you know taken off someone's head. That's always satisfying. You, you know, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to, add, I'd like to add something in here. Dexterity has a whole lot to do with your handgun usage. Oh, definitely. Okay, it, like with my low dexterity people, anything under thirty, I'll slap a shotgun on them. You know, and let them try to hit the big end of a barn. They can't miss with a scatter gun. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, your stats are pretty important with pedestrians. Um, because, I mean, all of them are. Um, you know, of course, you have the three the three stats that don't change at all during the game. Um, you've got strength, dexterity, and speed, and they're all pretty important too. Pedestrians, uh, strength determines how much damage your ped pedestrian can take before he falls unconscious or dies. Um, speed determines how fast they move. 
how fast they run and how fast they reload and dexterity obviously affects their accuracy a lot. Well, their speed also determines if they, fight, if they shoot first. Which is important, too. Now, speaking of other things that are important, Parapsycho, I think mm-hmm. that it's, uh, I think that uh, next to murder, one of the worst crimes that uh, humanity has committed upon itself is thievery. Mm-hmm. And amongst that, carjacking, stealing a car in Dark One. Ah, stealing a car is, yes. <laughs> is it's really fun. Um, before you can steal a car in Darkwind, uh, I believe you have to make sure the people in the car are unconscious. If I'm, if you want to carjack a car, basically, you make sure that you know you're actually able to do that. Obviously, if the uh, if the car is still undemoralized and the characters inside are still confident, you're not going to be able to car jacket, so don't even try. You'll probably get run over or shot, or both. Um, but if if you think you can, basically you have to get next. You have to get right next to the car. You have to go up to it, and you basically you right click your pedestrian, and you say, and it'll say the pedestrian's name. Say your pedestrian is Bob Jones. It'll say. Bob Jones board and then the name of the vehicle you click on that and he'll get inside the vehicle now at this point in the game there are a few bugs with getting inside of a vehicle an enemy vehicle but hopefully that will change soon Yeah, I, I think maybe those bugs are uh, few and far in between also because I've, um, I've only had like I've only had it happen once and I'm like a heavy pet person Right. Sam has been really on top of the buttons lately. Yeah, and then when you do that, um, you get inside the car, and what's interesting is you can actually, depending on how how stressed your pet is or not, you can actually undemoralize the car by getting inside of it, which is kind of interesting. Now that you mention that, I've seen that happen in combat. It might have been you too, Jimmy. It might have been... It might have been when I was on a mission with you, your car was turned over, I believe, or I could be totally wrong. But Yeah, I have flipped my car before, and when you get out of a car, your car is automatically demoralized because there's no occupants. But you can turn a car back upside down. I've, I've flipped a car twice on a run between uh, Somerset and Gateway and had to actually get out of the car and turn it back over, and I had gone so far ahead of the enemy that I had the car flipped over and and rolling again before they got there. Wow. Let me ask you a question. How many turns does it take to flip a car open? In my experience, it takes at least three turns, and one time it took as many as eight turns. Wow. So I don't, I don't know if it's random or if it's based on uh, some skill points that I'm not aware of, not skill points, but stats that I'm not aware of. Uh, but, of course, when, you're, when you've got somebody bearing down on you at 100 meters, it seems to take a lot longer than it really does. <laughs> The only thing uh, that I that I would say about this, edit this however you want to, but the um, as a new player, been playing the game less than a month, I've not done near as much with pedestrians as you guys have, simply because I've been learning the combat system and learning how to be an efficient fighter and so forth. So this is all very interesting to me, but it's it's not something I've done very much of yet. You're still on the learning curve, Jimmy, so... <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. And Jimmy, uh, for... Just for our listeners, uh, approximately how long have you been playing Darkwind uh, as of this recording? As of this recording, um, 
I have to look at a calendar to tell you for sure. Let me let me put it this way: I joined as a subscribing member on June the 18th, and I had been playing less than 48 hours when I subscribed. So, mm. so I've been at this le- way less than a month. <laughs> Didn't take long for you to love this game, did it? You got that right. Hey. Now another aspect outside of carjacking and um, and pedestrians waving pistols, uh, we have <laughs> racing. And we want to briefly cover uh, racing because it's a very um, involved aspect of Darkwind. I don't particularly uh, race a lot, but I know that there is a huge racing community within Darkwind. And we wanted to discuss some racing tips. Um, Jimmy, you being a new player, are you a racer or are you a fighter? When I first started playing Darkwind, I raced. And the reason I raced was I knew that would be the best way that I could learn the movement system. Uh I didn't join Darkwind to race. Um, So I I wouldn't consider myself a racer. There have been times I've been in the lobby and nothing, no scouts going on, and I'll drop into a race just to uh, hopefully score in the top eight or nine and and get some cash. Uh, And it's still good practice for driving, especially if it's a vehicle. If it's a vehicle chassis that I'm not familiar that that familiar with, I can learn the best way to take corners and the maximum speed and things like that. And Paracycle, uh, what about you? You have any racing tips for the uh, for the general public? Um, not really. I mean, I'm not much of a racer. I've done a few a few races, you know, you know, every once in a while. Um, I guess the the number one tip I could give the people is learn how to drift because that seems to be the the key to uh, finishing well in races and JD Basher well you know let it not be said that I was here from the start because I wasn't but I was here before the beta and all they had was racing that's all there was Yep. There was there was only three tracks. In fact, I think I just described this on one of the other podcasts. There were only three tracks, and lo and behold, Vic Viking, he uh, added a whole bunch more tracks. The tip is get used to the cars on the different ground. There's tarmac. There's there's pavement. There's sand. There's rocks. Everything. Every track has a different hazard that you need to get used to. Oh, and dragon teeth. Oh, joy. Dragon teeth are the bane of any racer because the 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 designer of the track puts these, you know, 10-meter stone blocks right in the middle of the racing line, making you have to really cut your corners right or become part of the track itself. Now, with that said, and, and as I mentioned before, I don't have any tips because I'm not uh, particularly a racing guy, but um, moving on to racing vehicles, and I got to say, my favorite speedster is the Flash. J.D., you mentioned that when we had a conversation a few days ago. And um, Oh, yes. And those cars are awesome. What are you, What's your favorite car, J.D., as far as racing vehicles? That, it would be the Flash because you can you can put some eight armor on it to keep the weight down and with a 3.2 liter engine in it yeah, well the driver has to be shoehorned into it for one but uh, with a 3.2 liter engine and eight armor 
that thing will blow your hair back with the acceleration. Yeah. Yeah, in one turn, you can, it like, it moves, like normally, I'm so used to driving Apaches, when you accelerate an Apache, you have to wait at least three turns to really get moving from your original spot, but that car moves in one freaking turn. Parasite, yeah. what's Paracycle, even though, as you said, you aren't a racer, do you have any preferable uh, racing vehicles? Uh, <laughs> I'll refrain from commenting because when I race, it's usually for comedy purposes. <laughs> Jimmy Logan. Actually, I like the symphony. I don't know if it's because I am still on that learning curve that I like the simple the simple body style, the simple chassis, but a Symphony with a 3.2 was the first vehicle I used to run between cities, and uh, that's what I prefer to race with, I, I guess just for the practice, but it seems to be a solid, uh, solid as far as maneuverability and decent in acceleration and speed. Uh, just, just a point on uh, the, the, the Flash, man, with a 3.2 liter engine in it, it, it'll run like your ass is on fire and your hair's catching. You know, um, it'll also outrun most death racers out there. Doesn't matter what engine class you enter that car in, you can put it into a death race, and that thing will hold its own. For for instance, uh, I use mine. I put a uh, I put a, uh, a Gatling gun in the rear with one reload, one driver. And I'm usually out in front most of the time. That's why I have that pointing in the back. The only problem with that little bitty car is if your tires are turned or you're in a turn and you shoot that gun, you'll do a pirouette in a heartbeat. Whoa. A From oh, a yeah, Gatling gun, JD? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the recoil will turn your ass around. <laughs> It'll put your head over heels in a heartbeat. Well, JD, why why do you put a reload in that thing with just a driver? He can't reload while he's driving. Yeah, that's true. Well, with my driver, I can. Oh, he, oh, that's right. There's a specialization. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Let us let us not uh, assume that his drivers are as lowly as our drivers. <laughs> my drivers are about a week old. Seems like. Yeah, man. I, I don't even know if I have any drivers. Everyone is either a gunner, large gunner, ballistics, or handgun. Well, if you're, you're moving around in combat, your ballistics or, or gunner can drive just as well as anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have one of, one of my drivers. He can reload while driving. Parasycle, you were about to say something? Oh, uh, no. I was going to say, like, over half of my gang is just handgunners. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's what's up. Oh, no wonder. No wonder. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Jimmy. Well, I was just going to say that's one of the good things about this game. I know this is preaching to the choir here, but this that's one of the good things about this game. There's so many levels you can play it on and enjoy. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, uh, also, uh, speaking of favorite vehicles, um, I know some of you racers, and I've seen you guys have these conversations before, and that's why I wanted to be sure to mention it. But um, don't you racers, JD, have uh, preferred tracks and tracks that you're a little weary of? Uh, I wanted you to share that with um, your wisdom of the racing tracks with some of our listeners because I believe that there are going to be some people who come here that 
all they want to do is race. The very first track you're going to get familiar with is the one in Somerset. That's the dirt racing, dirt racing oval. Right off from the start, you're headed downhill, right underneath the start-finish line. I'll guarantee you, if you get in the pack, that the NPCs are going to wipe your butt all over the road. After the start-finish, you start going back uphill, and then there's a, a crater, you know, the size of a, a small building on the on the right hand side of the the racing line. If you get into that, kiss your butt goodbye. Um, on the left hand side of that crater is a hill that you're going to be taking while you're turning. So you're more than likely going to be in a drift going up over this hill and you're going to land sideways and if your front tires are not turned into the turn you're more than likely going to roll that thing eight or nine times um that being said that dirt track is one fun track to run okay there's a couple of other somerset tracks that are just as great uh the junkyard tracks one and two and three being some of the other the number three junkyard track is one of the faster ones in Somerset but <laughs> that thing is hazardous well let's just say it's hazardous um, in Helmsfield my favorite track would be the, the lake track all that is is just a huge lake and a continuous circle all the way around with a bridge uh, there is some pavement that you have to run on. The majority of the track is uh, packed dirt. And that thing, that track has uh, some dragon teeth posted right in the middle of the, the racing line. And if you don't hit those right, you're going to make your mark in dark wind. And the, dragon and, it'll teeth, be- and the dragon teeth are, as you said before, big stone columns, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're like ten meter tall uh, concrete columns, mm-hmm. and if if anybody's gonna make their mark in dark wind, it'll be on one of those. Look, ma, I'm a stain. <laughs> My other favorite track is the Bone. That one's in Gateway. Now this is an unorthodox track. It's shaped just like one of them doggy bones. It's got two really large circles at each end, and the straightaways are matched side by side, right in the middle. So it looks like a big dog bone. Uh, This is the only track that has purpose-made ramps, so you jump. And right at the landing field, after the jump, guess what's there? Dragon teeth. So you had better decide how fast you want to hit this because more than likely if you hit it too fast, your car's gonna make a nosedive and you're gonna make a crater in the in the track and then go end over end. Right. Um other than that, I'll tell you what, that, that bone track, that is one fun track to run. For comedic value, I think the uh, Somerset Rally track <laughs> takes the cake. <laughs> I tend to agree with you on that one. Because it's what? got the um, 
it's got the you know you got the straightway and the track actually loops back on itself so anytime that you have a lot of contestants in the race you're pretty much guaranteed that there are going to be some high speed collisions at that that at the crossover and that's always entertaining I was racing on that one the other night. I was doing a league race, and another player character, I forget who it was now, dropped in the lobby and, and invited me to come join him so we could actually have a couple of PCs there. On, the, on my last lap, I had wiped out early, so I was kind of leading the, the tail end of the pack. On my last lap, a car was coming along, and the, the ghost line showed that I was going to T-bone that sucker, and I was doing 80, and it was doing, I think, 100. And uh, I literally turned my car to avoid it, and as the movement happened, the other car disappeared. I forgot that it was on its last lap, and it was actually disappearing. So I, I wiped out on the wall and came in last place because <laughs> because of a ghost line of a, oh, a car that was, even, that was exiting. Wow. You talk about comedic value now. That, that made me laugh. Wow. Dang, man. Yeah, those, especially at the end of the race. Yeah, that, that Somerset uh, rally track, that's figure eight, that is a killer. It doesn't matter whether you're in a death race or whatever. There's more than likely going to be death on the track. Now, that's an excellent transition to our next topic, JD. Uh, speaking of death, the path to combat leads to death. And combat is our next um, topic here. Favorite weapons. Uh, Paracycle, you said that you weren't much of a racer. Do you do a lot of combat events in town? In, in town, no. I, I mostly do wilderness scouts nowadays. Jimmy Logan. I'm the same way. I do mostly wilderness stuff. I, I have played in a few in-town events. Uh, I call them arena events. I've played in a few in-town combats, and they are fun. During my early days as a player, I found that uh, an easy way to make cash... Uh, the races, to me, seem to take a lot longer, and they seem to be a lot more difficult than the arena events, as you appropriately call them. Those arena events, to me, seem to be able to give me a quicker turnover for cash, and they seem to not take as long. So I actually prefer prefer that as a primary means of making cash back in my early days. I agree with you 100%. Um, if, I, if I'm just looking for cash and I want to do it safely, I'll usually race. But if I'm looking for gameplay and I'm looking for excitement, to me, the combat is what it's all about. I, I, uh, I'm not a racer. I'm not a racing fan in real life. I'm sure not in the game either. But combat, and you get down to the action a lot quicker. In racing, you have to think half a lap ahead and all this, but in combat, as soon as a car is demoed, you turn to the next one and you, you watch out for the other players on your color team. And I'm a big fan of, um, of combats with the smaller cars, especially like <laughs> dune buggies and stuff like that. <laughs> just, it's, it's just so raw, I mean, because you... Uh, you know, even with like a dune buggy and machine gun, you you take out the armor within a couple turns, and you know it's 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 brutal, but you know, so it's entertaining. Now, you you say that you prefer smaller the smaller vehicle combat uh, during combat. I gotta say that I don't see how anyone could prefer larger vehicles in combat because sometimes they have the anti tank guns, the tank guns, and you can really get your people killed. And I consider myself a veteran player, but I've gotten my people killed uh, joining those combat events and getting in there with those chompers with the tank guns or any tank guns because it eats through the armor so quickly 
that it becomes it becomes very very dangerous to join those combat events with larger vehicles. Uh, have you any know, of you experienced that? You know those uh, in the arenas, the Land Runner. I think you're talking about with the car cannon or the anti tank gun in it. Suicide. Yeah. Well, as a new player, you know, I, man, I didn't know any better, and it's like in scouts, I would rush in, guns blazing, get my car shot out from under me. You know, and you can do the same thing in arenas. For instance, like that land runner in an arena, if I got a car cannon in there, I'm not rushing in. You know, I'm going to sit back and watch. I'm going to have, have the other guy targeted. And if I got a good large gunner in there, you're damn right, I'm going to shoot him from across the arena and watch parts fly. I also like the smaller cars simply because it's more of an exciting back-and-forth cat-and-mouse thing. When you when you have something like you said, Tash, that will chew through the armor too quickly, it, to me it kind of takes some of the excitement away, and then it's just a point of who act, who actually scores a hit first. Whereas with the smaller vehicles and machine guns or even heavy machine guns, it takes you several turns of maneuvering and, and getting in position and while still being defensive. To me, that's a more exciting exciting part. Well, like on that mine arena, and the one with that big concrete bunker right in the middle of the arena, yeah. that, one, that one has uh, those uh, the posts that you can run through to get points. Okay, so yeah, I found I, that out the last time I was in that one, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying just sit outside the sit outside on the outside edge of the arena and pop shot these guys to death. You know, those smaller cars, I like those. Um, if they, uh, you know, if they take out my weapons, oh hell, that arena is just a racing track for me, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, gentlemen, uh, what are your favorite weapons in the combat arena? What? Very simple. When I was playing Car Wars, I liked the Vulcan machine gun, and that's kind of what I see the heavy machine gun as. And in the arena combats, close quarters are usually not an issue, uh, so that's what I like to use. Parapsycho? Um, are you talking strictly arena or in general? Strictly arena. In arenas, um, I'd have to say I'd have to agree with Jimmy on that. Uh, I like using the machine guns. JD. Uh, I prefer the car rifle. Yeah, a little bit, keep me a little bit longer ranged, and I don't want to get up close and personal. I don't want to, you know, kiss and hug in the shower and stuff. You know, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those hold them by the belt buckle and kick the shit out of them. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually prefer the car rifle also, JD, because of distance and limited ammo. I like the fact that. Um, if I if I conserve my ammo early on, I'll have ammo long after the other the rest of the NPCs will have uh, have ammo. Exactly, exactly. And, and later on, most of their armor is gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I would like to throw in something here. As far as the arena combat, I like the heavy machine gun. But out in the wilderness, I have really learned to appreciate the car rifle. Um, I know we're not talking wilderness right now, but but the car rifle has quickly become my favorite, so that I can get away and snipe or or take a fast car and side mount that thing and and be able to shoot from from a good distance and be relatively safe from return fire. Yeah, that's an excellent excellent transition, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Parapsycho, what's your favorite wilderness weapon? Ah, uh, 
You know, I'm actually a big fan of the flechette gun. Uh, really? they, they've become pretty rare now, so I haven't used one in a while, but you know, if you get if you pair it up with a with a, a high damage weapon that can take out, you know, the armor. Like a rocket. I just I just like I just like everything about it. I mean, it does crappy damage to uh, the armor, but like once the armor stripped away, you know, the pets are pretty, or the characters inside are pretty much, you know, dead with a flechette gun. And I, I like the sound that it makes whenever you shoot it. You know, <laughs> you shoot it, it's that boom sound. You know, and it, it's awesome. But, JD, what's your favorite weapon out outside of the arena, out in the wild, wild wilderness of Darkwind? Well, you know mine. I've mentioned this before. Mine, yeah. my my favorite one is the Gatling gun and the heavy Gatling gun. Um, mainly the heavy because of the longer distance I can get. And shoot, you know, I gotta say that uh, the heavy machine gun, you know. That's a gunner's friend. It's better than a dog. The heavy machine gun is it's like a dog, man. It's a gunner's best friend. And especially with camps having been uh, hogtied to where they can't produce Gatling guns without electronic parts and such. Um, you know, the heavy Gatling gun, I think, is coming back into its own as being one of the, the, the better heavy weapons out there. Excellent point. And we'll we'll get to camps um, just after we finish this. But I have to say that my favorite weapon in the wilderness right now is the rocket launcher. Um, the rocket launcher does great damage. I, I love the fact that I can knock a lot of cars right over with the rocket launcher. Um, and I think a rocket launcher would be an excellent uh, an excellent uh, companion to the flechette gun that you were talking about, Paracycle, because it. It tears away the armor, but I hate what it does to the to the um, to the internals. I hate what it does to the engine once I do get past the armor. Right. Yeah. The rocket launcher does a whole lot of damage to the mechanics. Yeah. I I, I usually end up damaging the car more than I'd like. Uh, now, uh, y'all probably already know this since y'all have been playing a lot longer than me. I tend to use the rocket launcher. Uh, at a medium range, I might bring in a vehicle, or I've got a Land Runner, for example, that has Gatling guns on the front for, for up-close combat, but it's got a rocket launcher on each side, and the driver will bounce back and forth, gunning each one of the rocket launchers, depending on which one needs to, to strike. But I have uh, learned the hard way. You don't shoot a rocket launcher at a vehicle 10 meters away, or oh, you'll... No. <laughs> Not only not only will you take the damage, but a lot of times you'll end up tipping your car over your vehicle. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I've not done yes. that yet, but it's I've come close. That's and called splash damage. Show enough and I, uh, for those listeners that don't know, Show enough is actually my brother, my older brother. But Show enough and I were actually having a conversation uh, maybe a month ago, and I told him about a, a little technique that I used, and he got back with me last week. He said, "Man, that that really works good." But what it is is having a, a Gatling gun. Uh, on the same uh, side of your vehicle as a rocket launcher, using the rocket launcher for further away uh, when you're trying to hit at a distance, you know, to avoid the splash damage to yourself, and using the Gatling gun for close up, you know, as opposed to 
having twin Gatling guns or twin rocket. Oh, and that, know? and that way you have to you don't have to maneuver as much to turn your facings. I like that. I'm, I may have to give that a try. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you know, I noticed the same. Uh, the last time I uh, scouted with Show, yeah, he, he, he had that set up. Yeah, man. You know, I couldn't hit the cards fast enough. They were demoing all over the place. Yeah, well, also, how do y'all feel about the micro missile launcher? I've heard some some talk in the in the lobby about it not being good at all. I'm just curious. Actually, it's not too bad to, for for a small car weapon. It won't give you a whole lot of recoil. Um, it'll give you splash damage if you get too close. But actually, the micro-missile launcher is not too bad when it's used in a small car. It's not meant for a, for a large car application. Oh, no, and I've not put one on a, big, on a big car, but I put one on a Phoenix one time and I actually took out a chomper, shooting it from the front. I actually took out the engine of the chomper without going through the front armor just for the micro-missile launcher at about 80 meters. Well, more than, more than likely, that was because the NPC he had an exposed engine. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But even a, uh, I know a rocket launcher would have done that, but it, but a micro missile launcher was a lot cheaper and was able to put it in a, you know, a, a, that muscle car and not have the recoil problems right. that I would have had with a heavy machine gun or something. Right. Jimmy, I think it goes. I think it's worth saying that any v, any weapon can can damage that engine on an exposed engine, uh, whether it's a rocket or a regular machine gun. Anything can damage those exposed engines, and it's been those exposed engines can catch on fire from one regular machine gun hit, even if they have full armor on that side. Uh, I think that, that that's worth mentioning. Oh, I gotta say, uh, Jimmy, most of those descriptions on the weapons I wrote. <laughs> yeah, I saw your name on those, <laughs> and I saw the cheesiness in some of them. I couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next topic that we're we're moving on to is camps. Camps is something that we can pretty much dedicate an entire podcast to. Some of us are more informed about camps than others. I'd like to first talk about how you go about acquiring a camp. Camps are acquired in combat in the wilderness. You sometimes find a, uh, a camp map, I believe, JD. Yeah, you'll find the camp map in the loot screen. And once you grab that camp map, that camp is then yours. Um, the other way to acquire a camp is to buy it. Uh, for example, uh, when Latte was looking to move to the south a little more, he had a camp that was in the north, and he ended up selling it to, I believe, Pardus. Yeah. That's another way to acquire a camp. That's about all I know about about camps because I don't own one. I'm a member. Well, first off, let's 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 go from the ground zero of. At the loading screen, you're going to be a little marker that looks like ammo, a little box that looks like ammo. It'll say camp, you know, a camp map. Uh, you, get, you take that, put that into your cargo, and that, that camp is yours. On the other point about gaining a camp, you can buy one, but more than likely it's going to cost you $2 million in Darkwind funds, at least $2 million. It, at least the one I bought was $2 million. That's basically the way you can acquire camps. Building it from a scratch is another thing. You better have a buttload of money, okay? But because just, just the factory to build any kind of a weapon is going to cost you 250000 
okay? You also need a house. Each house will house 20 workers, okay? So build one house, that's 100,000. Okay, and those are MPC workers. You don't have to ask people to come in to, to work for you. They come in on their own and they start working for you. Each building of, of the camp costs a lot. Um, it costs in uh, stone, scrap metal, electronic parts, and sometimes car parts, depending on what you're building. So you're looking to build up a decent camp, at least another million. And that's just for a decent camp. Well, that, that's that's, a, that's one of the more smaller ones. There are larger camps. Now, once you have the camp built, JD, how do you go about maintaining the camp? How do you go about making sure that it's it's um, everything's running smooth as ice? Well, you, you get in there and you start start in the lobby and you start asking people if they'd like to join your camp because unless you have other people, other, other players coming in to help your camp, you're going to be the only one supplying car parts to build weapons or engines or chassis or, you know, whatever. You're going to be the only one supplying it. So if you can get a whole bunch of player members in there, well, for instance, right now, my camp has, I think, uh, 32 members. Uh, this is this is really an administrative comment. I, you, I, I think talking about camps is good, but remember that not everybody that listens to this might be a subscriber. And if you're, my understanding is if you're not a subscriber, you can't even join a camp. Right. Is that right? Uh, okay. It might be, this might be a good topic for a, I, I'm not trying to, get you guys off track i'm just saying it as a fairly new player listening to this i, I don't know that camps would be you're right i think camping would be a great separate show all all of its own so let's abbreviate it a little bit jd okay uh for maintenance you're looking uh, uh once a week you have to pay everybody including the npc workers uh a weekly fee and that runs about oh for my camp it runs about twenty five thousand a week. A week? Yeah. <laughs> this is so owning camps essentially is only for the mega rich, the apocalypses and the toe cutters of the world. No, you know I can make twenty five thousand on you know uh, two mission runs. You know maintenance is not that hard. The the main thing about it is uh, keeping them supplied with water and food. Some camps like mine, for instance, have the ability to mine or a uh, tunnel for water. I I have a water tower, so my water's taken care of. Everybody's watered and all that. I also have a pumpkin farm, which supplies food, so I don't have to worry about that camps are so, there's so much involved in owning and running and being a member of a camp. As Jimmy Logan mentioned, n newer players and non-subscribers, this is really kind of going to be over their heads because they have, you know, more important things to do right now in their early stages of, um, of the game. But when camp combat is implemented, we'll absolutely do a podcast on nothing but camps. So while we may while we while we may just briefly uh, 
breeze over certain topics within camps, we will cover it in depth once camp combat is implemented. Doug, can you commit to that, JD? Oh yeah, definitely. Let me just add a personal note on here. Um, when camps were first implemented, I was actually kind of opposed to camps, just from the standpoint of that it seemed like it was giving players who already had a big pool in the economy, it seemed like it was giving them more, mm-hmm. more power than they already had. Yep. But um, but lately, I've been kind of changing my tune on it because. Darkwind's obviously a different game than than other things. It's not your typical, you know, World of Warcraft thing where everybody can craft items whenever they want to, you know. And so, right, 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 Vera. You know, and that that, that goes in when uh, when Sam implemented the uh, hog dying of the champs. They can't make everything and in bunches, you know. They have to have electronic parts, and I'll tell you what: electronic parts are like, you know, like gold right now. Yeah, you know, it's very hard to find them, and a lot of the weapons and chassis they require a whole lot of electronic parts, and these these things are really hard to find. Right. Well, unless you're out scouting with a good mechanic that can get you some electronics. Right. And I think that um, after um, after I joined a few camps and then I saw the amount of teamwork that's required, I mean, it's pretty much, I would, I would think it'd be pretty much impossible to run a camp without player characters helping you out. Exactly. Because you'd be so wrapped up in just maintaining it that you wouldn't have time to actually produce anything. So... My my tune on camps kind of changed a little bit after I sort of sat back and looked at how much it encouraged, you know, player interactions. So, yeah, player interactions. Hey, by the way, Tara, I need some yeah. car parts. Yeah, I, I've got some. I just haven't been able to. All right, guys, uh, camp business amongst the general public. But, uh-huh. um, Paracycle, that's a that's a uh, excellent transition over to my next and my my final point regarding camps. I have three good reasons not to own a camp. Three good reasons not to own a camp. Reason number one, as JD highlighted previously, cost. Camps are extremely expensive to to build and maintain. And I didn't know it cost $23,000 a week. That's for a small camp, too. Dude, that's insane. Maybe I'm just poor. Maybe I'm just uh, the the lower class of uh, Darkwind membership, but that seems like, um, like, geez, come on. Now, and me too, Task. If I'm having to sell ammo in the marketplace just to just to get enough money to borrow a car, from Jake, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, the second thing is babysitting. Um, you you, you kind of have to be a, a babysitter. You have to make sure that that you know you don't have any of the uh, opposing faction that's a part of your your camp. You want to make sure that everyone's contributing. You want to encourage contributing. Um, right. You, you have to communicate with your camp membership in order to, to usher them into the direction that you like them to go. So essentially you have to do a little bit of babysitting. And my right. third and final point, my third and final reason, good reason not to own a camp is defense. Once Sam says, okay, guys, you can go ahead and start attacking your, each other's camps now, it is going to be 
uh, pandemonium. It's going to be a free-for-all, man. And I feel really sorry for the small defenseless camps out there. You know, what? I feel sorry for me. <laughs> well, JD, I'm a member of your camp, so I'm going to be, we're going to be door-to-door fighting, dude. So don't, don't even worry. I'm going to be there I haven't for decided you. who I'm going to help defend yet. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've got lots of enemies, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, don't don't we all? And I'm sure we have probably the same enemies, JD. But those are my three reasons to not own a camp. You guys got any uh, closing thoughts on camps before we move on? Well, I have uh, two two things. Go ahead, JD. No, go ahead. I have two things. Number number one, one of the things I really liked about camps when I first found out what they were and started traveling, it gave me a chance to experience some wilderness encounters without going from city to city. Uh, I could um, have an exit encounter or a, or a travel encounter. They weren't very often. I didn't have them very often until the last few days. They seem like they've increased. But uh, as a new player, it gave me a place to go other than, than another city to experience that. And I had, had something else I was going to say, and I forgot what it was. Um, well, uh, you know, I don't remember. That's I that's the main one, though. I was going to say about the baby city. You know, baby city's not that hard. Once you get your uh, once you get your factory producing weapons or chassis or whatever, the only thing you got to do is get online once a day at uh, uh, zero. Uh, what is it? Zero o'clock uh, server time, and uh, get in there. Put your stuff on the market for other people to buy that are members of your camp, and they start buying the stuff up. So actually, you're making money from your camp by producing stuff like water, food, weapons, or cards, or whatever. And you know, so so the cost actually isn't that bad. And ladies and gentlemen, another fine example of the rich saying the cost isn't that bad. Because when you're rich, the cost is never really that bad. <laughs> yeah, when you got the money. Oh, shit. Para, do you have any thoughts regarding camps? Uh, no, no, just pretty much what I said before. I originally thought they were a bad idea, but uh, I think that the, the the good that they bring to the game kind of outweighs the negative as- aspects of them. Okay, we had another... I um, uh, have another topic here discussing of bulk goods, but I believe that we covered that briefly. I believe JD covered that when he mentioned... Um, when he mentioned how the uses of the different bulk goods within the camp, uh, specifically car parts, scrap metal, and electronic parts. Is, is that correct, JD? Yeah, yeah. You know, mainly the scrap metal is made is used for building your buildings. Mm-hmm. The, ele- the electronic parts are obviously like for your mechanic shop. Uh, the car parts are used for your mechanic shop. You know, otherwise, you know, electronic parts are like gold or platinum, and they're very hard to find. That's all I got to put in on that. The next topic: more ways to make cash. Uh, I wanted to sh- wanted us to share uh, some different ways that we have found when dark when to make cash. Of course, there's the traditional methods, uh, continuous. Uh, there are also other ways to make money within dark when. Uh, Jimmy Logan, as a new player, what are what are some ways that you like to share with the uh, with our population 
that you've actually used to make money within the game? The obvious thing is to go on Wilderness Scouts, uh, pick an experienced player or, or join in a, in the lobby with a, a scouting group that's going out, bring your loot back, and uh, basically sell it. I do have a little bit from, I think this is a little different way of looking at it. I've not had anybody else tell me they're doing the same thing. When I bring a car back, I don't just simply sell it for the total value. It takes me a little more time, but I take the engine out, I take the weapons off, I take the tires off, and I sell just the chassis. And what I do is I watch the market, and certain engines will have the asterisk beside them. They're not, they're not bringing as much, or certain weapons during that time period. I'll wait until they're bringing more and then, and then dump them on the market then. So that's one way that I make a little extra cash. I also uh, do some travel between towns or between camps. And before I got a lorry, I was taking a pickup trucks, and with no weapons, you can haul about 150 cargo in each pickup truck. That's quite a bit of water or food if you're hauling from camp back to town to, to sell things. Excellent, excellent. Paracycle, how do you get the cash coming in? Um, you know, I use mostly... <laughs> I probably... Actually, I don't make that much money. The majority of the money I make is through doing wilderness combats and bringing back loot cards. Um, but I've tried my hand at trading, and it's really... Um, I have to hand it to the people that actually make money doing trading, because, you know, I tried doing it for a while, and I it wasn't really making that much money for me. Um, but... Now, now, right now, yeah. I, I know for a moment you were running a bus service. Yeah, I tried running a bus service, but then people decided that, you know, they could go from town to town anyway, so it wasn't really necessary. But uh, that, that was actually pretty fun. I liked doing that. Did you did you ever lose any passengers? Because I, I was a little wary of, of, you know, stepping my guys onto the bus because, I you know, I didn't want to lose them. Did you ever lose any passengers? I... <laughs> No, I, I transported, you know, I only had like five or six paying passengers, you know, the whole time I ran my bus service, but uh, I never lost any one of them, because I, I had a pretty good scout, and um, buses actually are pretty quick. A lot of people have this impression that they're really slow, but... They can actually get moving pretty quickly. I was just going to say, I think one of the key things to point out here, though, for me anyway as a player, I don't necessarily do things to make money. I, I, I do tend to make a profit, but I think it's more of the wilderness scouts that I go on support my habit of driving back and forth between towns. Uh, I might do a courier mission, or I did a taxi run, uh, one of the missions in the in the tavern. I took two people from Elmsfield to Somerset, and I think I made $4,100. I can make more than that on a wilderness scout, but also have to buy more armor and ammo. I've not sat down and actually taken a spreadsheet and decided and figured out how much money, how much profit I'm making. I do it for the in-game play and enjoyment. Yeah. Well, and I think that I think that needs to be brought out. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean that's an excellent point, Jimmy. But uh, it's hard for me to enjoy the game if I can't afford rockets for my rocket launcher, you know. So what I do to make money <laughs> yeah, is is precisely what you said. I was only making a joke, but what I do what I do uh, to make money is precisely what you said. Go in the wilderness, go to the wilderness events, 
And um, I do a little a little technique. I mean, it may be considered a little dirty, but I do it anyway. And I just discovered it, and I'm going to do it all the time now. Uh, when we're in combat, when I'm in, in set, let's say I'm out in the wilderness event with you guys, and um, there's a, a buzzer, which is a hummer. What I'll do is, once I've disabled the driver, I'll try my best to, to kill the occupants. And once I've done that, I'll simply get my guy out of the vehicle and I always have a pedestrian now, you know, just for this purpose. It only costs a thousand dollars. I'll get my pedestrian out, have him to go over to the vehicle and hop into the vehicle, even if um, the combat is just about over or whatever. Because what that does is that allows that buzzer to then become mines, so that when combat is over, you guys don't have a chance to even pick that buzzer because I've gotten in it during combat and it's effectively mine. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't. Oops. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and that's a good point. And I don't consider that cheating at all because, uh, and actually, that kind of brings up a point that I wanted to discuss. Maybe we can do a little later about ethical looting. But I think that that's actually a good way to to actually handle the looting situation because a lot of people complain that you know they they kill a car and then somebody else loots it. But you know if you do what you do. Then you pretty much yeah. keep what you kill, and yeah, you're talking about you're, you're talking about the post earlier in the forums. Yeah, I agree. You know that you know getting out of your car and taking the car before the loot stage starts. Damn right, that's dibs. I never yeah. thought of it. I never thought of doing that task. I love that idea. Of course, the thing is, you have you have the uh, possibility that your character is going to die, and you're not going to do it anyway. So, I mean, it's not like you're doing it without risk. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna I have to watch out you know. for you if I go scouting with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only do it. I'm not going to do it for a symphony now. I mean, I, I only do it for like the really cool vehicles. And, but I always keep a, a pedestrian, always just for that purpose, for getting out of the out of the uh, vehicle and using his shotgun on the on the occupants of the enemy. I, I always do that since for the last uh, two weeks or so. I've always taken out a ped. Just and I've got to I've got to ask you this then too. If if you're in a big combat and there's eight or nine vehicles and and there's seven or eight vehicles on your side. Uh, that and once that vehicle's demoralized, I I don't pay attention to it. So you probably sneak that in and do it without people really noticing, don't oh, you? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's in the middle of combat. I mean, I'm not talking about the end of combat. I'm talking about maybe like three rounds into battle. I'll have my guy get out. Like Flaming Savage asked me last time, did you do that on purpose? I mean, because as soon as we started, we we uh, positioned our vehicles on a hill, and I had my guy get out first round. Because what that also does, gentlemen, is it creates an alternate target. And that alternate target is uh, just another way for you to save armor on your vehicle. And that guy only costs a thousand bucks. I mean, right. like I said, it's always an expendable guy. I'm not, you know, getting a specialist at, you know, rapid shot. You know, he's not getting out of the vehicle. I think it's a great idea. I may have to start, uh, I may have to assign 20 cargo spaces for that reason, too. <laughs> There you go. I think I think people are going to start using that tactic now. <laughs> no problem, no problem. You have to you have to be watchful for that. <laughs> you get all kinds of hints in these podcasts. Now, is there anything else that you guys want to share with the population on how to make cash before we move on to the um uh the 
I wish Darwin had portion? Well, um, I'll just say about two months ago, I had a really bad week in Darkwind, and sometimes when I'm having a bad day or a bad week in Darkwind, I do really stupid things. But um, I I did an experiment where I sold all my cars, I fired all my gang members, and I, re I just basically completely wiped out my gang, and I restarted it with... A dune buggy and ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and within like two or three weeks, I had myself back up to like a hundred thousand dollars, a few Apaches and things like that. So I mean, it's not. Uh, and maybe that comes from player skill. What? That comes from player skill, I think. I think that's. I think that's yeah, really good. And, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. Uh, oh no problem. I mean, but. Maybe that that'll be a topic on another podcast. Um, but you know, it, it's it's possible to do that. I mean, uh, wow! <laughs> what the lorry runs? Lorry runs. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've never had a lorry, so I don't. <laughs> well, I had one, and I lost it traveling to camp of all places. But I, I have a second one now. There there were some that showed up on the Somerset Marketplace. <laughs> few days ago and I grabbed two of the three they had extensive chassis damage so it's I've sunk a lot of money into it that gets back to the making money I spent I probably made I don't know six seven thousand dollars on that lorry before it got destroyed but the thing cost me almost a hundred thousand after repairs and everything so I didn't really make any money but I'm gonna go out and get a lot more combat experience before I take the second one on the road I, I, let's throw in a disclaimer here, guys. Uh, when I first started listening to your podcast and started reading the forums, everybody said, don't scout alone. And I, I heeded that, and I went with others, and I learned. I'm to the point now, I was on a scout last night by myself and did good. Uh, I'm to a point now to where I think I've learned enough about the tactics that some are set only. I'm not going to firelight and scout alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I felt confident enough now that I can hold my own uh, or run if I if I have to. I think a disclaimer here for the new players, I wish somebody had told me, go ahead and buy that lorry that you find that you can afford but don't take it out on the, out on the road too quick. Learn, learn uh, build your characters up first and, and learn a little bit because that was an expensive lesson for me. Okay, well, right. okay. Jimmy, Jimmy I, I, I would like for you to um, because you're a new player and that was some excellent advice. Can you say a, a couple more words of advice to the new player? Um, because you've you, you sound like you're just you you've just uh, passed the new player realm, and you you've really got really familiar with the game. And you know we've been playing so long, we may not realize you know some of the basics that that we should pass on anymore. Uh, what else can you tell a new player? Yes, uh, here's some words to the to the new player. Uh, number one. Even though you may not like racing, go to some races and learn to drive. Uh, go to some combats, arena combats, and learn to do those. If you want to jump into wilderness encounters, do it. But go with a bigger squad. Only take one car. I have gotten to the point to where I am totally confident driving two cars at the same time in a wilderness combat. I have tried my hand at three, and I can do it, but I tend to forget to either tell this vehicle to stop firing or to tell this vehicle to change targets or something like that. Um, so don't try to overdo it. There is a learning curve, but it's a it's a good learning curve if you're 
if you like turn-based games. Another another tip would be the inner city travel. If you're going to travel, take a car. Don't put any weapons on it or maybe a back-mounted weapon only and get the experience of driving. My first trip from Somerset to Elmsfield was very exciting just trying to get to the just trying to get to the bridge. That was some of the most thrilling time I've had in this game. Um, if somebody had warned me up front not to take that lorry out with an escort, like JD said, I took the first run I made, I took an escort, I took a land runner with it. The land runner outran the um, the lorry and I had no support whatsoever and the lorry did have some weapons on it and I was able to get away uh, but it was only because of some lucky shots early on like JD's talking about and uh, again for the new player don't jump in too fast it, because you can't replace that game money as easily and that's, that's a fact the next topic I wanted to, us to mention was I wanted us to talk about some personal things that that uh, we would like to see in Darkwind. I mean, and this is a scenario where we're talking, you know, Sam is your slave. could have anything added into the game, what would it be? And I would like to share mine first. Uh, okay. If I could have anything implemented into the game, I would command Sam to add poker into the cities because I think that that would... Um, this is a, a car, post-elliptic combat um, game, but... I think that in the Wild West uh, scenarios, a lot of the times you see there's a lot of things going on in the towns. There are women, there's cards, there's beer, you know, and I think that would add a little bit to the game. Paracycle, is there anything particular that you would like to see added into the game if you had a I was I was thinking about this last night, and kind of along the lines of what you're thinking, but I think that um, for this to work, it, you, we would have to have probably at least two or three times as many players as we have right now, but basically taking your idea further, I think it'd be kind of cool if if each town had its own, like, instead of just going to a lobby, like, you'd log into the game, and you would enter one of the towns, say Somerset, you'd be able to walk around Somerset and go visit the different buildings and, you know, just socialize with people like in a 3D chat environment or something, and then uh, launch different aspects of the game from there. Like, like for example, you could walk into Dexter's Tavern and uh, walk up to the notice board and you know click on it, and it'd open up the the notice board page or something. But you know, I think that'd be kind of kind of cool. But obviously, it'd, it'd take a lot of coding for Sam. So. Uh, Definitely be cool to see further down the line. JD, been playing the longest of all three of us. What's something that you'd like to see implemented into the game that isn't there now? Personally, I'd like to see insects. I'd like to see bugs. I want to see bugs other than NPCs attacking cars out in the wilderness. Yeah, I know. You're pretty excited about the insects? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be the first one to off us. Off one of the uh, scorpions. Now it, it should be it should be uh, noted uh, to our listeners that uh, what we're talking about is um, there's some giant insects, not just your standard you know uh, mos- size mosquitoes, but these are like industrial size cockroaches. Um, they're going to be towering over our vehicles. Is that correct, JD? Yeah, yeah. These. Uh... The scorpions that I'm talking about are like nine meters long, or not nine meters. Uh, they're about they're as long as a phoenix is, so that's what ten feet. Wow. So, 
All right, there's there've been some mixed feelings regarding insects, um, but that is that is a that is something that's coming down the line. But JD, what's something that you want to see that isn't even in the pipes? Isn't even in the pipes? Yes. Uh, I, I, I want to see trailers for the uh, the big truck. Yeah. I want to see trailers because I'm a, I'm an old truck driver, you know. I want to see trailers for that semi truck, and I want it to be at least twice twice the bulk of a lorry. And I then like, I would like for those semis to be a little tougher, dude. Like they they're as weak as a freaking of uh, uh, Astro van in a state. Oh man, that's no kidding, no I kidding. Th- I yeah. think that's a mistake within the game, dude. It just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem right that those vehicles are so are so flimsy. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, the truck itself should be tough as hell. Really? It should be it should be the toughest in the game. Yep. The, the chassis itself should be the toughest in the game. It should be tough to get into that fucking cab. Jimmy Logan, you're a new player. You came here. You've seen. You've witnessed. You've played. What is something that you would like to have seen in this game that isn't there that you haven't heard anyone else talk about? Believe it or not, I'm gonna sound like a fanboy when I say this, but I I don't see anything that I'm that I'm wishing was there. Um, nothing, absolutely nothing comes to mind. But I think it's just because I'm still on that learning curve. Everything I've heard about, uh, I'm glad somebody mentioned the trailers because when I when I do see the truck, I wonder where the trailer is, and I think about the movie The Road Warrior, and I think about putting somebody with crossbows on top of the trailer and all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, but, but uh, the trailers thing, I've read about the insects, and I like that idea. But honestly, there's nothing. And I'm sure there will be things that come up, but there's there's been nothing so far that I've that I felt is missing from the game. I also I, can't wait till uh, motorcycles get implemented. Oh gonna- yeah, motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'm hoping that pets are going to be able to uh, use their hand weapons on a motorcycle. I'm pretty pretty confident they will be. I think that'll open up some new tactics absolutely absolutely one other thing that i like to see in the game is is real missions like i would like to see a mission where you go inside a populated city and you're looking for something and and then uh you have to get out of your vehicles you know everybody has to drive their vehicles and they have to actually get out of their vehicles to go to go down some path to to look for something or or to search some houses to find medicines or or something like that Exactly. I mean, actually, that's also been posted to do that in the wilderness task. I, I think that would be a good one, man, to actually have some some interactivity that the pedestrians actually have to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a like a treasure chest you need to get hold of, or you know, yes. kill you know, kill a scorpion so you can take its stinger and then take it back to uh, what. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, Matthias. Take it back to that doctor. <laughs> Talk to Matthias. All right. Now, before we close out, Jimmy Logan, 
How did you find our? I, I, I used to, in the last two and a half weeks, I've not done near as much of it. I used to frequent all the Car Wars hangouts on the internet, and my website being one of them. And I was on the Steve Jackson Games official Car Wars forum one day, and the question was, was posted, what are you doing? Are you playing Car Wars nowadays? How are you playing it? You know, and a lot of people said playing by email, or they get a group together every, every month. And one guy posted a couple of screenshots and said, I've been playing this instead of Car Wars. Clicked on the link, went to it, and I was just, my jaw dropped. I was amazed. That's exactly ask, how I found it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, who was the player that did that? Do you remember? I don't know, and I went I went back to the forums to try to find the post that I saw, and I haven't, I, I'm sure I can go back and find it, and I'll do that and email it to you if you want me to let you know. But, but uh, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. Had I already been in the game, I would have recognized his name, I'm sure, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I don't know who it was. You sure it wasn't Valiance? It could have been, but now he, he's on my play-by-email site, too. But um, but that's not how I... I didn't hear about it through my site. It could have been him. It could have been him very well. Jimmy, uh, since, since you have a Car Wars site, would you like to share your... Would you like to mention your site, do a plug or, or something? Sure, absolutely. The, uh, that's why that's where my game name came from, was Mad Hat. It's the, we, we joined it. We, we created a local club. Uh, before Play the Email came along, several years ago, we played Car Wars locally, and we called it the Mid-South Auto Duelers and Handgunners Attack Team. So that's where the acronym Mad Hat came from. And me and a buddy of mine ran the site, and then he changed jobs and went off, and I took it over and started doing Play by Email games. But you can find it. I'm piggybacked on another site. You can find it at CWHNJ. That stands for Car Wars Headquarters of New Jersey. CWHNJ.com slash Mad Hat, M-A-D-H-A-T. And I run Play by Email Car Wars games. I have a Car Wars podcast there, and we have a uh, Excel spreadsheet that you can use for car design. Um, a lot of stuff on there. Wow, sounds sweet. One of the great things about Darkwind that I found, my son did not care for Car Wars. It was too two-dimensional, too old school, too slow. He joined Darkwind. He saw me playing it, and about a week after I joined, he decided to join and be a subscriber. Uh, he's known as Solid Snake, if you see him in the lobby. And he said, tell you guys hi, by the way. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> That's been one of the great things for me is I've actually, especially with him being out of school over the summer, he and I have actually got to go on some scouts together and play the game together. Wow. <laughs> so I'm not the only one having a family moment in Darkwind, huh? So trying to convert my brother from World of Warcraft to Darkwind, yeah, it's taken some time. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, my name is Tass Masterpiece of the Thug Matrix, and I'm joined by... This is Parasyko, and I'm the leader of Legends of the Interstate. This is Jimmy Logan, leader of the Mad Hat Gang. This is Jamie, and I'm the voice of Darkwind.